Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. It is October 30th, 2020. Happy Halloween. And Nadim, happy Halloween, brother. How are you? Good, Billy. Happy Halloween. And hello to all of our listeners and all of our supporters. Thank you so much for listening in again. Happy Halloween to everybody. Very special show. Folks, you're listening to Fright Talk, episode six. We're so excited. And we built up to this day, right, Nadim? We finally built up to this day, to our moment, our holiday. Our moment. Our moment, absolutely. I mean, it's a Friday night. It's rainy out. Halloween is tomorrow. I mean, really, it's a great day to be alive, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and to be spooked, which is our topic to tonight, folks. Spooked, absolutely. You got it. We're talking scary stories tonight. And this show, by the way, is sponsored by Elite Status Enterprises. Tired of expensive chemical fuel products that don't work? Visit Elite Natural Essence for all of your handcrafted, vegan-friendly, natural, organic tea, hair, and body care essential needs. Visit us at www.elitestatusentllc.com or follow this awesome company on social media at Elite Natural Essence. And we also have a few shout-outs, right, Nadine? Absolutely. I want to give a shout out to I want to give a shout out to somebody who's been our listener since uh, the premiere episode. So Sonia Eskenazi, thank you so much, good friend. She's been listening since day one, and I know she's listening now. And also um, shout out to Karina Mariaka. You know Karina is always one of our promoters, and uh, Claudia Mariaka. Special thank you to her for everything she does for the city of Doral and all of our Insta support. Thank you so much. To our social media peeps that are always reaching out to us, we truly appreciate it. Um, as the show goes on, there's going to be two trivia questions, and this is your chance to win some Halloween prizes. So when I say the trivia question, there's going to be two throughout the show. All you have to do is email Billy the answer, and if you get it right, the first person to chime in will be able to receive one of two awards tonight. So, Billy, on we go. We shall, folks. And you know that if you'd like to speak to us, our number is 347-539-5372. 
Again, that is 347-539-5372. And we already see that some of you aren't shy because this is a live podcast. <laughs> and we're getting the emails, Nadine, so I'm going to forward you some stuff. EverydayFolksListen at gmail.com. Again, that is EverydayFolksListen at gmail.com. And my social media feed is open on my second screen here. So if you're messaging me on social media, I'm able to see your comments as well. So tonight's focus tonight is scary stories, Nadine. And, wow, what a great time to be telling the stories. I mean, the weather is odd outside. It's still beautiful in South Florida, but it's just perfect. We got a full moon, our second full moon in the month. Yeah. It's coming tomorrow. It's already peaking out now. And, Nadim, I know that this is a, a special occasion. You and I were supposed to bring – we wanted to bring some stories and share that inspiration. Would you love to do the honors? Well, absolutely. Now, before we get to the stories, because we have some really good stories lined up for you, uh, before we get to the stories, we got in some questions, Billy. So I know people have been sending in uh, mm-hmm. stories, but I know people have also been sending in questions. So mm-hmm. to kick things off, I'd like to at least go through one or Let's two of these it. questions because it's, it's in relation to what we're doing. And the first question comes from our good friend, Karina Mariaga, and she wants to know, what do you think makes scary stories scary? Is it the story itself or the way it is told? Excellent question, by the way. It is. I think that scary stories are, it, well, number one, the narrator himself, if it's oral tradition, automatically there needs to be some dramatic play and ideas and enactment, that reenactment that helps in terms of intonation and setting the tone. When it's written, what makes scary stories great is because we all have fears as humans, and we come in the world not understanding what fear is, but the more that we evolve, we begin to understand the value of fear and the implications if we don't, if we're not afraid of stuff. And so as we mature, we recognize we each have different experiences, sometimes trauma and episodes that trigger things that make us feel uncomfortable. And those some little things are legitimate because, hey, it could kill us. And so I think fear is, so making them in stories, even if they're fictional, some people just love a good scare. People love a good thrill. And I think it's very exciting. I, I agree with you. And when you talk about that, you, you, you know, we talk about stories. I think of War of the Worlds as recited by Orson Welles on the night yeah. before Halloween, actually, where people turned in in the middle of the radio show and was like, oh, there's an actual gas raid from Mars. And people, you know, kind of went nuts during that time. So that tells you that the storyteller does hold the key. But the storyteller could be the person who recites it. It could be the person who writes it. And you, mm-hmm. as a reader, you're getting those words, you know, what the, the pieces that you're imagining in your head, you're putting them together. So, yeah, I think it's – obviously, we know what one person finds scary, the other person won't find scary. So it does have to do a lot with your experiences and how your mind works. That's true. It does. And, in fact, I think it, in what triggers people is so different. And there are so many – because we're, so, we're all different people, even we're the same species. We're all so different and have different priorities. So different scared, different things scare different people at different times. And even yeah. it's funny, a colleague of mine the other day, uh, we were talking and she, she starts screaming on the Zoom. I said, why are you screaming? There's a roach in my house. There's a roach. It's flying. It's flying. And we're all watching her flying about, you know, fly, flying about. And it, we saw it fly. And I said, oh, boy, that's a big one. If I could see that, that's not good. And so all of a sudden, then her camera went dead. I felt like I was in an actual scary movie myself. And then she came back looking all crazy and disheveled. It was a hilarious moment, but for us, we were on the outside looking in, but for her, I'm sure she wasn't very happy to be the star of her own horror film. 
A happy accident. We have uh okay, so we have a few questions. Uh mm-hmm. this is a good one. What is your favorite scary story? My favorite scary story is the one about Taylor Pole, which is the one I'm going to tell later right. tonight at some point. It's definitely one that I scared. I hope my brother and sister are listening. They're now thir- in their 30s. <laughs> but when they were kids and all my cousins, I scared you all with this story. And I take pride in it because it's not my own. And I heard it myself in a very a tales, a book that I got as a kid. And I just modified it a bit using people's actual names. And so Taylor Pole is one of my favorite scary stories. How about you? Um, hmm. so I would have to say probably The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. Though it's a poem, um, it tells a story, as a lot of poems do. And there's just something, I don't find it scary as much as I do eerie. And I kind of like that eeriness. You know, Edgar Allan Poe, a lot of his, Annabelle Lee, a lot of his things were, you know, yeah. oh, well. kind of, uh, kind of grim. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I would say the Raven. I would say the I Raven. loved um, Sleep, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Irving as well. I used to teach it when I was uh, a high school teacher. I would give it to my tenth grade students, and they loved it. The, the language, the, the diction is, is dense because it's from a different period, but it's very good. And the story itself, there's so many reenactments of it now on YouTube, and the movie, the classic movie, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I just loved it. The one that starred. Um, Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci. The, yeah, and Christina Ricci. It just appeared the other day on Netflix. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember seeing it in the movie at the at the movies, and it was just nice. It's a low movie, but it had such a great plot. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot, and you know, well, whenever we look at movies, I mean, they are stories. They they do come from uh, scripts. Yeah, the majority of them. And so, I mean, I, you know, we could even go into you know what's your favorite movie story, right? So the, the story script for those particular movies. Um, there's just a lot to choose from. It's very there difficult. Is. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the last one, what do you think is a scarier story based in the woods or in a house? <laughs> Depending on, I'm not a fan of the woods. So I would say the woods because I could deal with a house. I could leave a house. Hopefully it doesn't follow right. me. And the same right. for the woods, but some things in the woods can follow me. So, I, you know what? Now, darn you, Mark Mariaka, Mariaka, you got me, because that's a good one. Because <laughs> now you think about it, both of them can still remain where they are, but I don't know. I don't know. What about you? I would question. say, the, for me, the woods, the woods is just much more unknown, and of course, obviously, vast, you know, in comparison to a house. So, yeah, a vast uh, space. You can get lost. You could go in the wrong direction. There's, you know, a lot that can happen. I, I would definitely say uh, a story in the woods would kind of uh, uh, bother me a little bit more. But also, I feel that stories of uh, haunted houses are so much more common than than stories about things that happen in the woods. So I think we kind of get a little bit immune to those stories. That's a very good point. And, and you know, thanks, folks, for listening. We recognize you're sending more emails into us, and we're appreciating these these great stories, by the way. We sent out a notice on our social media encouraging folks to send us a, a quick little um, short story, 50 words or fewer, so that we could read live on this, on this, on this podcast. So we're going to do our best to get to those folks, uh, folks so that we can get some, some inspiration. So, Nadim, I know you have a scary story. I'd love oh, to I hear do, it. I do, I do, I do, I do. So this scary story... 
you know, Billy, you obviously know this because you're a wonderful writer. Um, we write things, and then sometimes we forget that we wrote them, right? Sure. And a lot of times we write things, and they are based on some realness. I mean, the things you write about are all stories you have you have lived or seen or heard firsthand, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I wrote this a while ago, but I wrote like a just a brief summary of it, and then I went back, and then I, I kind of fixed it. But just because it's a story does not mean mm-hmm. that it's not on some form of truth. Now, I'm not going to say if it's my truth or somebody else's truth, but a truth nonetheless. No, this is good. I love it. So, you know, the story goes that there was a group of two couples, and they were spending their day together, as couples often do, and they heard about an old museum that had closed Mm -hmm. down a few years back, which had been in ruin, uh, really, because it closed down and just kind of dilapidated. But people would often go there and take some mementos that I guess things that were left behind from the museum when they got torn down. So this particular group arrived at the old museum, and they did find it in ruins. I mean, it was dilapidated. It was very much in the early stages of those vines growing over the older buildings as they do the shrubbery. They surround it. And you know how the earth has that tendency to wrap itself around things and sometimes feel like if it's pulling it back down or erasing it from history. And that's kind of the feeling that they got when they approached this museum because they figured, hey, why not? Let's go check it out. People are always talking about that they're going here and getting things. Now, before the museum had torn down, it had been said there's some lore that there was some strange going on. But it's a museum, and museums tend to be creepy and old and dusky anyway. So the couple arrived at the site, and they began looking around at the decay and the rubble. And one of the boyfriends, and let's just call him Rick to protect his identity, came across a small portion of a pillar. And it couldn't have been more than two feet tall. Well, he reached down, and he picked it up, this crumbled pillar. He looked at it. This is very old, almost beyond antique, uh, ancient, if you will. He was absolutely fascinated and enthralled by this. As a matter of fact, his group was speaking to him in the background, and he would just hear them in the distance because he was so focused in on this pillar that he was holding. I'm taking this with me, Rick said to his girlfriend, Becca. Seemed a little surprised that he wanted such an odd piece of rubble, but she didn't think much of it. Rick returned to the car and placed the pillar inside the trunk. The rest of the group was a bit disappointed. They didn't find anything that was treasurable enough to salvage. So as they all piled back into the car, Rick took the wheel. Now, he often did, even though it was his girlfriend's car. So after grabbing a quick bite to eat, night was upon them. But being young and having the ability to drive, the last thing you want to do is be home early. So calling it a night wasn't an option. They decided to drive down a particular road called Old Brinks Road, I believe was the name. And it was a road known for being surrounded by dense and heavy woods, no streetlights for miles. You would just see darkness, and the only light you would see is the very rare car that would drive by every so often. As they're driving around down this road, and they're joking, Rick quickly turns back to say something to one of his friends. All of a sudden, he hears, look out! He turns, and in the briefest of moments, saw an animal on four legs running with haste across the old road. But there was no time to stop the car, so it slammed right into this animal. And immediately the car began to hydroplane and swerve around the road for what seemed like a long time. 
While Rick tried to control the wheel, abruptly, he slammed on the brakes. And immediately, his girlfriend hugged him. Rick, are you okay? And with a pause, he nodded. Are you guys okay? And though they were shaken up, they all acknowledged that they were okay. What the hell was that thing, Rick asked. But the passengers in the back seat, they only felt the vehicle hit something. Nobody in the car actually remembered saying to Rick, look out. So they pulled the car over and exited the vehicle. They followed the skid marks on the road like if they were walking down a path. But no animal appeared, no carcass, there was nothing there. Puzzled, they walked back to the car. And as they were discussing what happened from the brush on the side of the road, in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of darkness, someone in the brush laughed. The couple heard it. Both couples. I mean, it was undeniable. It was close. Rick now falls into a state of comatose. He couldn't will himself to even utter a word. His girlfriend said, Rick, the thing you took from the museum. Rick opened the trunk took out the pillar and tossed it on the side of the road as he watched it roll down into the ditch near the brush. He jumped in the vehicle and drove off, except Rick didn't drive. Rick was on the passenger side, silent, filled with his thoughts the whole way home. So many questions. He hit something hard enough to cause the car to swerve violently, but he didn't find an animal. Was it a dog? But it looked like a boar in that brief moment he saw it. Laughter in the darkness? None of this made sense. But... Rick never spoke about that moment again. He lost touch with those friends, and shortly thereafter, he broke up with that girlfriend. But to this day, Rick has never taken Old Brinks Road again. That was so good. I could visualize that. Oh, that was so good. You created that? I did. That was good. Thank you. Thank that was you. so it. good. It was so good. I, I'm sitting here because, you know, usually you, I, and our significant others are together, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Is this also that role? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and are you Rick? Because I don't want to be Rick. But that was so good. That was so I, good. I, I, will, say, I will say that I ab- that story is absolutely based on truth with different names. Understood. That's awesome. Yeah. That's an awesome yeah. story. I loved it. You just triggered Max. Max, one of our listeners, just said uh, messaged in in an email. He says, thank you. That was awesome, Nadine. And he typed this. He says, I have to start reading stories from Creepy's Pasta at night as well because things seem to manifest in my home. I'm uneasy and I can't sleep. Ooh. <laughs> Max, good luck and whatever Max. it is. <laughs> not send it to Fright Talk. <laughs> Max, t- tomorrow is Halloween. You know, it is. That, is that that realm between the living and the deceased is very, very thin. So, yes, it is. Know. And yeah. by all means, please do not respond to us right now. <laughs> 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 oh, folks, you're listening live to Billy and Adeem here on Fright Talk on October 30th, Halloween Eve 2020. And we're about to read and share some incredible stories here and react to some of the stories that many of you have sent in. And the dean just read one of his created stories from years past. It was so good. You got to publish that, brother. And not on Creepypasta, although we love our Creepypasta <laughs> family. But it's such a great story. Definitely something that, can, that you can play with and, and take further. You have any stories over there, Nadine? Look at some of these stories. Oh, I have, I have a few stories here. Um, well, we have a story from Noah. And let me tell you, they did a very good job um, – you know, keeping the the word counts down and the minimum and the 
Thank you very much, folks. They they absolutely did. So Noah writes, when I was young, I had a dream of a family friend telling me to say goodbye to everyone for him. And he disappeared into a white light. The next morning, we found out he died in a car accident that night of the dream. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Well, Noah, that is... That's That's a little too real. Well, Nadine, do you have any of your dreams come to fruition? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I've, I have experienced quite a bit, uh, not as often as I used to, but I used to experience deja vu all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And uh, there have been dreams that those things would eventually happen. And sometimes it could be just the briefest, briefest of moments in dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, then again, I've had many dreams that seem very, very real, but are not. And so I think that um, I think that as far as have dreams come true, I yes, but I do think that deja vu is a part of those dreams. So I would say yes, I, I have definitely seen or experienced something, and I'm like I, I've seen this and experienced it before. Yeah. Wow. You know, I, I, I rarely dream. I think we mentioned this a few episodes ago, and I rarely dream. And But when I dream, I mean, you, it, just like in every dream, you don't see all colors all the time. You see people's faces, but you may not see their exact faces. And I, I, I appreciate the fact, especially those of you who have these dream stories, like the one Noah you presented. That was a really thought-provoking story. Listen to this one, Nadim, from Abigail. This one just came in. I found a very rare coin outside my house one day. It's not a modern coin. Coin. When I took it inside to show my husband, he recommended that we take it somewhere to get appraised. Then we found it was worth a lot of money. But then things started happening at our house. More strange packages started showing up. Then we got a letter stating that items were stolen and that we'd be murdered if we didn't return them. We called the cops and all, but nothing ever happened. Eventually, the gifts just stopped showing up. Wow. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. wow. That's creepy. That's very that creepy. creepy. That reminds me of the family. You know that story, Nadine, with the family? It's based on a true story. The family that moved in, and then there was a person, the watcher, somebody who's mm-hmm. watching yeah. the family, and they were receiving right. letters, and the watcher had passed on before, so there was a new watcher, or whatever they call the person called themselves, that was watching over the house and knew their every move. It actually became a movie couple of years back it is based on true um, events or episodes and so yeah. that's kind of creepy uh, when someone to do those kinds of that that's just creepy that is it's what's scary about that is because you know that something human has to be doing this at least Correct. I would think. and right. the question is who right like that's right crazy. somebody doing it being sinister and you know yeah yeah Abigail, you right. creeped oh, us out. Cool. Yeah. So we one. have one. We have one from our friend Capri. All right. So Capri says, I'm terrified to go to sleep. When I fall into a peaceful sleep, I dream I am drowning, thrashing and choking on water. A disfigured mm. hand with claws, not fingernails, holds me under. I wake up on a soaking wet mattress, water dripping to the floor. Mm. Now, I guess my question would be, I wonder, and by the way, it sounds absolutely awful because it sounds like a sleepless uh, time, but my question would be, has she ever experienced any type of 
maybe perhaps she had drowned or, or something, some sort of negative experience associated with water, then maybe that's why mm. having those dreams. Uh, maybe not. Maybe she hasn't. Maybe she absolutely loves the ocean and, you know, she just had those dreams anyway. What do you think? That's a very good question. Um, and especially, I it's different because, again, we go back to this idea of dreams and notion of dreams. So when the elements of dreams manifest, right, even the fact that one wakes up soaked, that's pretty awesome and scary at the same time. And, yeah. I, and that's the problem with this. I wrote this in, the, in my first book. You know, there are two times in the day where we're most vulnerable. One is when we're in the, sh- in the, sh- in the shower, and the other is when we're asleep, right? And, and here we are when we sleep being our most vulnerable. And it's, that's a very terrifying story. And even if you live with someone or even live alone, I mean, or live with a pet, I mean, it's scary to be bothered in your sleep. And yeah. so uh, I, I appreciate that story. That was a very good one. Wow. Very good story. Yeah. Yeah. Check this one out, Nadine. We got another one that just came in. John says, one day while working late at my high school, I'm a teacher, I heard some strange sounds coming from the boys' bathroom as I walked by. I went in, but no one was there. Then I heard giggling once I was back outside. I hot-footed out of that area so fast and called the campus <laughs> security. They investigated and found nothing. Wow. You know, we're yeah. both educators. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I kind of put myself in that situation and think to myself, well, yeah, that's that's creepy. If you've never been at a school when there's no children and no staff, it can be an eerie place, any school. At right? night, too. At night, you have these long hallways and you have these open courtyards but surrounded by buildings. Like, yeah, it could be a very eerie atmosphere. So, yeah, I don't blame him for being spooked. Uh, that reminds me of a little story this year. Um, as you know, I work at Barrow College, and the Miramar West Center is a green, is a lead, a, a lead building. So all the lights, everything, is a, it, it's, it's very environmentally conscious, and lights go on and off in the, in the hall. One particular evening, I work to 8 o'clock at night on a time of year like this when the days are growing shorter. And folks are in the area, but the suite gets very quiet. All the full-timers are gone, with the exception of you know, a few adjuncts. And, of course, the security desk there are 24 hours a day to you know, make the area. But if you're not in the hallway or any of the main areas, the corridors, the lights will go off. So I can see the lights off in the top of the building, like in, from in my window from the inside of my office. And so then at one point, I had the door cracked. I ran to the copy machine. And then I went to go put something on the copier. And I went back to my office. And I closed the door all but like a small way. And so then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm working on the computer. I'm typing. And then the lights went out. The lights went out because there's no more moving in the, movement in the hallway. So I'm fine with that. And I can see because the, the windows are huge and I can see my car outside. I turn around and look at my side, my car and I'm like, okay, I can count how many steps it is and how many minutes it will take me to get to that car because I just felt something. All of a sudden, the main door to the corridor I heard open, like someone entered because I'm the closest to that entrance of that side of the hall. And the lights turned on in the corridor. So then I called out. Hey, you know, hey guys, you know, who's there? Nothing. So then I froze for a minute. At this point, I had started to um, shut down the computer. I had my keys. I still needed to go to the copier to go get my copies. Okay. So I said, hey, hey, you know, I, I, I peeked out. I opened the door fully. The lights were on. No one was there. 
And I hot-footed over there to that copy machine. I got those copies, threw them on that desk, and I got the hell out of that building. And as I was going toward the elevators, you know where it is, I ran mm-hmm. to security because he was making this round. I said, hey, were you just in the, the area? Because the lights just came on. He said, no, I just got up here. I was getting ready to go in that area now. And I explained to him what was going on. And he says, he gave me a look, and I gave him a look. I said, you want me to walk <laughs> with you? you know, I don't want you going there by yourself either. So he said, yeah, I'll go. I'll, you go with me. So we walked in the, the hall. And, you know, the whole area, he opened every door of every office to see it was there, but no one was there. It was the strangest thing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And to this day, I will not be there late. When it starts getting dark, <laughs> go home and do your computer work, Billy. So <laughs> as much yeah. as I love the building, but, you know, it was built over this marshland. There was nothing there. Yeah, that's true. Now, uh, before we go on, and we do have quite a bit of stories to get through. Yeah. Uh, so first trivia question. I'm going to drop the first trivia question right now. All you have to do is email your answer, and the first person who emails the answer, there's going to be two trivia questions. This is the first one. The first one is, what is the name of the actor who played Freddy Krueger in the Friday of the 13th movie series? Not Friday the 13th. That's Jason. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> but tell you what, if you could tell me the actor who played the first Jason in the Friday the 13th or Freddy Krueger in the Nightmare of Elm Street, you could be eligible for the price. And you could do that, folks, by either A, you can call us at Everyday Folks Listen. Oh, wait, that's not a call. That's an email. You can email us at Everyday Folks Listen at gmail.com. You can call us at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. I mean, email us at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Wow, I am, it is Halloween. Or you can call us at 347-539-5372. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> Look, we have another story here. This is from Denver. He says that you might relate to this, Billy, because it's a cat uh, story. I know how much you love those cat stories. My cat exactly. died a few years ago. Sometimes I swear I hear little paw steps down the hall on our wood floor. Even out of the corner of my eye, I think I see a cat. I missed her. Maybe she's coming back to say hello. Denver, is this? Did you bury your cat in Pet Cemetery? In <laughs> 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 that cemetery with an S, Stephen King. And so I, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. That's an interesting story, actually. That's a really good one. That's a really, yeah. really good story. And folks, when you're sending these in, can you tell us if they're true or not? Because you got us all creeped out out here. So <laughs> if they're true, let us know. If not, you have really good imaginations. These are really, really good. Check I've this one out. Few, I've heard stories in the, yes, thank you. I've heard no, a, go ahead. Go ahead. You, I've heard a few stories of, you know, a pet passing away and then people, you know, seeing certain things as if the pet mm-hmm. would have done those things as well. So it's not, it's not uncommon that, that particular yeah. story. I was going to say that, you know, like, you know, when I said check it out, I said, you know, it's interesting that people do have, and I've read some stories of folks, poor cats, like we said this before, cats never get it easy this time of year. But even, you know, you know, cats and animals having that ability to see things and, and, and having another ability to see or sense things that we can't and the human eye can't. They're, they're in tune with nature. But this is different when a cat or an animal um, haunts, or perhaps Denver, maybe you're longing, sometimes are longing for someone or something, you know, certain triggers will indicate and conjure in our minds. And I've read in research that that conjuring is no different than what happens when we dream. And when we hit that, you know, hit that, I forgot the name of the term, but there's a state when we're in our deep sleep and um, it, it just triggers that. It's no different than what happens when we're dreaming and in a deep sleep. And so I yeah. thought that was very great. Thank you for sharing. That was really good. Wow. 
Yeah. That was really good. This one gets came in the demons from Diane. It says, many people love Christmas, but I'm afraid. Oh. Because mm. every year, I get this strange package delivered to me at, at work or home. And it's a box of chocolates. I toss them in the garbage. I check every year to see who sent them, but no one claims the prize. Really? And I wonder for how many years this has gone on for. Tell us, Diane. That's a good yeah. question. To think. That is, yeah. And, you know, the first time it's okay, you're like, oh, okay, it's a surprise. Couldn't figure out who it is. But if it's happening the second or third time, I, now it's getting into this is creepy stage. The second time is this is creepy. The third time is, you know, this is stalking. I, you know, I, I don't know. But to never yeah. find out who, who sent you the same thing year after year, and it's always the same item, it's, it's very weird. And, folks, you know, we educators, we have to know you to receive gifts of food, right? So we just, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know for one, number one, we always want to keep an appropriate boundary. And, 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 and secondly, at, you know, from the demon me, we need to know you to eat your food. Right. And so right. I had a colleague one time who brought in, I mean, this lady, and I didn't even know her. This, was, this happened a couple of years ago at the campus. And she came in, I know she was a part-timer, but she came in and brought all this food. And I said, who, you know, who is she? And she's giving out these things. And so I was kind of take a cupcake. They look nice, but I got this vibe. I don't know why from this person. Like, I don't want to eat this. And sure enough, my colleague gobbled his down. And he kept saying, gosh, my stomach keeps hurting. My stomach keeps hurting. As soon as he said that, I said, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, I don't want to be rude. I just kindly, I didn't want to pawn that off on another student. I tossed it. Right. And right. so I think it's, it's fair to say when people are receiving gifts, you know, I remember when we were children, remember, Nadine, we were told we would go trick-or-treating. We used to have, to have our, our, our candy x-ray. And so because yep. we knew then and we were taught the world was unsafe even when it's fun for the holiday. And so, you know, Diane, be careful. And if you're getting more spooked, you may want to get the law enforcement involved. Yeah. Uh, all right. We have one here from Bob. It says, I work the late night shift at a local retail store. Mm-hmm. I and a few others stocked the shelves. One night, as me and my colleague were about to close up, we heard some boxes and items suddenly falling to the floor. When we looked, we didn't see anything. Something pushed that off. So, and definitely, I would think if there were a working, storing things and, and shelving things, that something of, of weight falling, you would need something to push it. And I mean, I know that there's, we, there is well-reported of, of poltergeist activity that they can open doors and slam doors and they can throw things and they can move things. And uh, so it's not with outside of the realm of possibility that something like that is happening, or maybe that Walmart is built somewhere. It shouldn't be built, uh, you know, some sort of could be sacred native American land. There's a lot of haunting uh, stories about that. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it would, it could be just, you know, coincidence, but maybe not. Well, you said it earlier about schools, even retail facilities, which are just as large. You know, once the the company or the you know meaning the guests and the patrons and customers are gone, and when it's time to close, it's it's a very different place. And I remember working at Winn Dixie when I was in high school. I remember very distinctly having to work until 11 p.m. and then on select days on the weekend. And then, you know, you have to do the go-backs, and I remember leaving the store, and be me and maybe two or three other, like three or four other employees. But we would always leave together because he would turn off all the lights in the store. And he said, yeah, next manager has to come in in the morning, or he or she comes in, 
and there and then it starts all over again and we start thinking now Walmart never closes, so we know that's always open, right? You know, right. very few stores close, but even still, in those spaces, office spaces, times of traditional hours of operation, those places can look very different at night, you know. So yes. that's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool story actually. Yeah. Check this out, Nadine. I got another one for you. Nancy says, I hear my mother's voice when I'm in the kitchen. She died a few years ago. Every time I am trying a new recipe, I get this voice that tells me I'm doing it wrong. One time, the spoon suddenly fell to the floor. I think I'll hire a chef or one of those meal prep programs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's good. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, wow. You know, that's. You know, I, it's funny because, you know, I can share this, you know, that my grandfather, you know, passed a year ago, and he died in the house in which he built, you know. And so, you know, you know I ask those questions. I hope my grandmother's listening. Um, you know, if, if we've heard anything or picked up on anything in that regard, you know, she hasn't shared anything that's, you know, out of the blue, other than the fact, you know, his essence, feeling his essence in the space. And so it's interesting because wherever there's trauma or tragedy, how much of us still remains, the energy of us remains, right? And right. so that in itself, and they may not be as scary but fascinating, and then it goes back to the idea of conjuring images and visions in our head of people long gone. I spoke our right. ideas, I think of my great-grandmother to this day, and I, she died when I was in sixth grade, I was 12. And so these moments that we're all having, I think, are fascinating. I don't have an answer. I'm not a, a, a biological, physical scientist to share this. Um, or to give perspective, but it's all fascinating stuff. Yeah, and I also think that people can have those same images with loved ones that have passed. I think that happens to a lot of people in dreams as well. Oh, that's true. That is true. Yeah, it yeah, all quite yeah. a bit in dreams, yeah. So I, I definitely something within the subconscious, but who's to say it's not anything else, right? Because we don't right, know. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. That is so true. That's so true. All right, we have a uh, story here from Jess. Just says, I had this dream that I died. When I woke up, I found my cat just staring back at me in the darkness. It was so strange. To this day, I won't let him stay in the room with me at night. See, Billy? Another cat story. What is it with those cats? Hey, hey, you already know. Ours is not staying with us at night either, okay? (laughs) But, Jess, good job. Lock your door. (laughs) But that's a good one because... Well, you know, well, Jess also, cats are nocturnal. So they're up and about right. all times. They're right. doing things. They're, they're predatory in that regard. And not that there's anything here that she needs to be preying on. Half the time, ours is sleeping when we do. And so, <laughs> but but that's really fascinating. You know, that, that, that's, you gave us just enough Jess just to give us thought. And that's cool. That's yeah. super cool. These are great stories for Creepypasta. If any of you have ever visited, visit creepypasta.com. You get some great stories there, and there's some great short animated films for horror. If you're in a in, in the mood, I watch some of those at night. Actually, I could watch something scary at night and go to bed, and it doesn't bother me. And me so, is. you know, I watched it. I watched some of those cartoon shorts. There was one that's even about this guy who worked at a 7-Eleven or a convenience store, and a customer came in. These are allegedly true stories, and a customer came in, and um, he was crazy. He he was drooling, and then the guy just left. And then he worked the graveyard shift. And then about 2 or 3 in the morning, he heard the door open. He was in the far reaches of the store doing something. He heard the door open, but he didn't see anyone. Like, he looked in the camera and everything. So he went back to his counter, you know, the area. And all of a sudden, he looked back up, 
and he saw kneeling on the floor, crawling on the floor, was the guy who had been drooling and looking crazy at him. And, it, you know, and then the story went on like that, that he eventually got out of the store. He called the police. The police went in to go look for the guy, but the guy wasn't there. But it was a, a, a jacket or something that he was wearing was left on the ground. And he said he had called his manager, and, you know, it kind of freaked him out. Very interesting story. Wow. Yeah. Here's one for you, Nadim. Check this one out. This one just came in. This is from Natalia. It says, I was once in the Everglades. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Okay. you got to tell that story again. Yeah, and we saw this strange man just walking in the wooded area. He bowed his head as he passed us. Then he asked if we believe in God. Me and my two friends got the hell out of there. Nope, sorry, not for us. Really? That sounds like a part of the story I had told you about the Everglades with me. Remember I told you that story that I was walking with my friend? Yeah. We, uh, myself, my brother, and, and two friends, we went to camp out in the Everglades out by uh, Loop Road. Um, Big Cypress really is where it's at. And we were there, and, you know, we got bit up by mosquitoes, and we we went in uh, with the vehicle that didn't have that much gas, and by the time we found wherever we were going to the campground, there was even less. We were in the middle of nowhere, but after we had the thing set up, we said, you know what, let's, let's go for a walk. And as we were walking, a gentleman passed us. Again, this is the middle of nowhere, similar to the story that you're hearing. And the person said, you guys have a good night. And then when, when he walked past, he said, be careful, there's strange things out here. And he kept on walking. It was just very odd. We were very... uh you know, we're spooked a bit, but not too much. We're we're just kind of more puzzled. Why is this why is this man out here in the middle of the woods? So when we go back towards the campsite to the car, we start hearing uh people arguing. There's no cars around. We were in the middle of the woods and we all heard it. Because if one person hears it, you can just kind of dismiss it to maybe it's that one person, maybe they heard the wrong thing. When everybody's hearing people arguing in the woods, but there's nobody around other than that guy that we had passed some time ago. So we're all kind of freaked out. We're not having a great time. It's late. We decide together, we decide that we're going to get in the car and go. And as we're driving, it sounded, my friend in the front seat, he jumped because it sounded like somebody had whistled in the car. Now, none of us had whistled. There was only four of us. And when the car turns the corner to get into the main road, Mm-hmm. We see about, uh, I don't know, eight or nine lights, headlights, turn on simultaneously, boom. And they start getting closer. Now, we didn't have that much gas. So for a while, we're driving and we see these lights coming, but we knew we had to turn around. So we turn around because we only had enough gas to go out the way we came in. The other exit was significantly longer. So now we're going towards the headlights. And when the car comes towards the headlights where they meet, everybody in that car was thinking what this could be it because we didn't know what we were about to encounter. And then the lights, they were these swamp buggies. One stopped in front of the car, a couple on the side, a couple in the back. They were so bright shining in the car, you couldn't see what was going on inside. And for a very few tense minutes, it was just silence. And eventually the the swamp buggies drive off, and we go ahead and get out. And as we're driving out of this road, we see three people walking into the woods 
uh, well, two people walking and they looked like the other person was drunk or whatever, and kind of like wobbling around. It was odd. They looked like they were partying or something, but it was just an odd turn of events. But the reason I'm telling you this story, and I've said it before in the podcast, but the reason I'm mm-hmm. saying it is because that you were reading that beginning of that last story and it really sounded like the experience I had in the beginning when we were just walking and we ran into that one individual. I remember our first episode, our very first episode, I think it was, for for Friday Talk, you shared this story. I remember it very distinctly. So now when you're sharing this now, folks, that means go listen back to episode one. Ha ha. But also, too, the deem is right. Like, that's scary. And Natalia, thank you. By the way, Natalia, you said Everglades, and there's only one Everglades, so I'm assuming you're in South Florida. So send us some more information if you can, some more info on that, because that's just way too coincidental for us here. Wow. Yeah. Hey, Nadim, here's one more for you. Something weird is happening. There's no name on this person. Something weird is happening to my dog. He keeps pacing the same area at night while glancing at the ceiling. Nothing is there, and we're not sure why he does it. We lived in a house for the past eight years with no problems. I am going to tell you that animals, specifically dogs, have a sense that humans do not have. Mm-hmm. And they, they do. Uh, their studies have been conducted that dogs can feel empathy towards their owners. But also they have a sixth sense where it's times it's been documented that dogs may be able to see things that humans cannot. And so um, – Obviously, the dog is seeing something. What that something is, we don't know, but it sounds like that dog is seeing something. Would you yeah. agree, Billy? I do. I do. Um, and, and unknown, anonymous, because your name is confusing on the email, um, let us know as well, like, more that, if you could. I, if, that's interesting. And it seems like it started recently, too. Very interesting. Yes, and then that's obviously... They could reach out to whoever they feel would maybe help them in that scenario. I don't know if it's their, you know, want to call whoever, whatever religion they follow, whatever pastor or something like that. Um, I'm not sure. But, yeah, the dog sounds like he's seen something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I have one here for you, Billy, from Matthew. Matthew says, I live alone. One night while lounging on the couch, I heard something fall in the kitchen. Then I heard a cabinet door slam. I turned around to find a jar of peanut butter on the floor that had fallen out of the cabinet. I told my neighbor about it. She said someone died in the apartment years ago. Strange stuff. Now, isn't that, you know, I feel really bad for people who move in somewhere. And then later on down the line, they find out, oh, yeah, well, this tragedy took place in where you're living now. Like, I, I really wish I would have known that beforehand. Um, but I, I really do feel bad for people who are in that situation, you know, because, I mean, surely if maybe some people don't care, but if there were strange going on or somebody had passed away, there's some sort of tragedy. I think people think twice before buying or renting a location. You know, we live in Florida. I think there is a lot. I don't think by Florida. I think I don't think Florida does Florida disclose that. I think we do. If that's asked and that information is known, it has to be disclosed. And so there are some states that seal that. But I remember very distinctly a show that I was watching on one of these channels. I can't recall which. And they made up this story where there were these individuals who, it was a, a realtor, real realtor, but they took couples into the house. 
And they told the couples inside the house, um, you know, they took them there, and the couple loved the house. Oh, it's so great. But then he turns to them and says, I do have to tell you, the previous owners, who, the owner who owned this house, he, he died of natural causes in the house. And so the most couples are like, oh, this is fine. This is fine. You know, they, they still they gave each other a look, but they were okay with it. And they said, because it's a state law. And then the next set of couples that came in, they did the same experiment, and they told the people, same story, oh, they love the house, house is amazing. And then he said, I have to disclose that the previous owner was murdered in this house. One couple, they start crying. The wife starts crying. She said, I knew it. We shouldn't be here. We have to leave. The entire thing was made up, by the way. It was an entire experiment to see right. how much people would respond to these circumstances. And it's so interesting because homes, like, I mean, my house and your home had previous owners. And they've been yeah. around for a good, you know, almost, you know, half a century. And it's so funny because when I got here, I always felt there was good energy here. I never felt anything out of the ordinary. This house was built in 1950. But I know that some folks will get creeped out by older homes. But then I also right. put the other twists on there. Um, new construction, you don't know what you're burying or building on top of. That's you don't know true. what we're yep. before. So I think everything is fair game in that regard. Pretty cool. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, uh, well, going back to your point, I mean, new construction is usually on. You know, you don't know what it's going to be on necessarily. And, yeah, I mean, I you do feel certain energies when you walk into a room or a building. Um, sometimes it's negative. Sometimes it's positive. But definitely you feel a positive feeling or, or a good feeling. Um, I, I think people can pick up on that thing, on um, those things. I, I think it kind of um, maybe some people have an inherently extra ability to, to sense those things. And it's one of those gifts that I admire, you know, like they even say children who are familiars, individuals, you know, children who have this ability to to see and commune with other worlds um, or have special gifts. You know, there was a whole series of this done on TLCs a few years back. And so definitely something to check out, folks, because some of these children can hear spirits, they can see them, they see premonitions, you know, they have, each had different gifts. Very interesting. And listen to this. Peter just sent in and said, yesterday, Nadim, I saw a ghost. I was in a shower and drying off. Then I saw something weird appear in the mirror and the lights flickered. I didn't, it, did, it didn't spook me, but I don't like being pranked during showers. I told my girlfriend about it. She was in the other room. We'll see what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm wondering if it's... Um... <clears throat> somebody uh pulling a prank on him or something else but peter are you a youtuber because you know there's a lot of that going on right now. yeah you know yeah. there is a youtuber as an assignment there's a youtuber who's actually doing this he took his mansion house that he owns and he made a, a, a personal haunted house like attraction yeah. and he dared he okay. his friends walk through it he has like a million views he's like two million followers and it was so cool because they actually hired live actors to put in his house and make these scenes. And they kind of made it like an extreme haunted house where folks, they could actually touch them. And it was, again, the test was whoever his friends, whichever his friends could make it out, they would get $1,000. I guess who would, the, the, the shortest amount of time to make it out. Oh, okay. Super crazy, okay. super cool. Definitely something YouTubers would make. And Peter, not that we don't. And again, folks, we, we're taking all of your stories at face value as fiction. So don't, so right. please don't be offended if, you're, if, you, if it's otherwise. Because we do recognize that's what the season is about, telling these stories. I got one more for you. Um, two more came in. Um, that's actually one. Hold on. One, two just came in, the last two. And these are going to be the last two, folks, because we're coming to the end here. 
my neighbor's house, Tim says, my neighbor's house is vacant often because he travels a lot for work. Last week, I saw strange lights flashing in the backyard. A high, a high fence separates us, so we couldn't see. He came home yesterday. I told him about it. Hmm. hmm. These are all real. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, vacant houses and lights going on and off. I mean, there's obviously something. And it sounds like, uh, you know, they they live in a place where the neighbors are looking out for each other. You know, you know yeah, your neighbors out of town. Yeah, yeah, you know your neighbors out of town. You would know what is going on in their home. And you most definitely be able to see something out of the ordinary, like lights flashing in the house, something like that. Um, sounds like the makings of a very creepy story. That is a very good one especially during this yeah. quarantine. And here's yeah. the last one from Justice. Is, is Justice writes, when visiting a haunted attraction, um, and I go to a haunted attraction, maybe like a haunted tour or whatever, I saw an older lady standing by the window in one of the rooms. I thought she was a tour guide or something. When I told our, our guide about her, she stared at me in shock. She said that her coworker had just passed a month prior the description I provided the lady matched her coworker. Strange. Ooh. Wow. That was really good. That was. Wow. Guys, you guys are creeping us out. This is really good. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought about listening. I'm going to drop the second uh, trivia question now. Just a reminder the first it. trivia question was what was the name of the actor that played, so Freddy Krueger mm-hmm. um, on Nightmare on Elm Street or the first Jason Voorhees on Friday the 13th. So that was trivia question number one. Trivia question number two, make it a little bit more difficult. In the movie Beetlejuice, Lydia has a famous quote, and it goes, I too am strange and fill in the blank. You can fill in the blank. That is trivia question number two. I'm going to say it one more time. Lydia in the movie Beetlejuice has a famous quote where she says, I too am strange and email in your answers so you can get one of two surprises today and they are Halloween themed for sure so waiting to get some of those emails from those winners so we can congratulate them folks if you want to enjoy Halloween's in 24 hours hello I need you all to like (laughs) and because if not then obviously we're just going to have to take advantage of this because we're going to just party it up tomorrow ourselves in our COVID style parties and folks by the way if you haven't done so, go check out our episode four, which talks about COVID celebrations. This past month has yeah. been very exciting. There's some cool nuggets in there, ways in which you can celebrate. There's still time. And honestly, a lot of planning isn't required, especially for a lot of the virtual fun that you can plan out. And so you're encouraged to go ahead, go on our show, listen to it on Apple um, Apple Podcasts or Google Play. And, of course, on the Blog Talk Radio website, you can go to everydayfolksradio.com to, to obtain it. And check out that episode. You'll get some good ideas. Yeah, and I think that – I hope that when our listeners hear one episode, they want to hear the others. And Absolutely. we have some very supportive listeners, so we really do appreciate that. I also want to mention to please follow us on Instagram, at Fright Talk Guys. Again, that's at Fright Talk Guys on Instagram. Go ahead and give us a follow and share – Anything spooky that you want to share with us, and we may just read it on the show. You never know. And special shout out, Nadine, to um, a couple of my students I know who did respond a couple of those last two. Now I'm recalling the names. I'm still learning the names of my new students who returned <laughs> a week ago. Thank you so much, you know, the creative writing scholars at, at Burr College for your interest. If you created any of this stuff, 
you know what, you're doing so well, and please put that into your next weird fiction submission that is due November 9th for the class. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lizzie, well, you know, well, it's Halloween. Halloween. What are you going to do this weekend? Well, see, I was invited to this very exclusive, my first, very first Zoom Halloween party, and I am excited. Because I have a whole backdrop ready. I got my costume ready. So, and I heard that you might be at the same party. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to be there. And as what, I have no idea. I got to figure it out in the next 12, 14 hours. <laughs> I have my costume. I have my costume. At least I, I got the costume ready. But And also, listen, tomorrow, Billy mentioned this earlier in the show. Tomorrow is Halloween. It's Saturday. It's a full moon. Why make it Halloween night when you can make it Halloween weekend? Yep. Have your spookiness go on throughout the entire house. You know how they're always rushing to put up Christmas decorations? Well, they can wait so you can extend the Halloween. And have yourself a Halloween weekend, which is always fun. I mean, we have to take advantage of this time. My plan for tomorrow during the day is going to be to watch scary movies all day. I was recommended a movie that I haven't seen yet. And it's called, I believe, The House is October Built. Mm-hmm. And I believe, so that was recommended to me. I'd like to see that. I haven't seen my Hocus Pocus yet, but you know I'm going to watch the Hocus Pocus. So my day tomorrow is going to be watching scary movies and attending a fantastic Zoom party hosted by my dear friend over here, Billy. <laughs> so, Billy, I'm excited to go to the first uh, virtual Zoom party for Halloween. And, I, and thank you, and thank you so much. And we want to remind folks that on the, our next show is two Fridays from now, which is actually Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. November 13th is Friday the 13th, and we're going to be having a great conversation in the spirit of Friendsgiving and Thanksgiving, looking at settlers. And, well, we'll just say one word. Say it, Nadine. Roanoke. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a great conversation about it, and do stay tuned and some of the other shows that we have planned for the remainder of 2020 it is the holiday season so we have a few holiday surprises of conversations and topics so you got to subscribe to fright talk in order on instagram in order to find out more and as well you can camp on to the demon in tabs in n-t-a-b-s-t-h on instagram and me under dr billy joe well folks the dean we've done it this was a great memorable occasion and, and and this is our first – thank you. Thank you for recommending this. This was a great topic that you recommended a couple months back when we were looking at the itineraries. This was a great show. It really was, and it couldn't happen at a better time. So thank you I so agree. much for the recommendation. And, and, thank, and thanks for all these great listeners, these great stories that you oh, heard. Yeah. No, thank you so much. Any final words, Nadine? Well, just uh... – as, as yeah, I just want to uh, echo your words that we are so thankful to all of our listeners and all of our supporters. Uh, we are, this is, we're talking, this is episode six already. So we have six hours of spooky content already recorded and waiting for you. Think of that six hours of it. So go on to Google Play, go on to iTunes. It is there. It uploads almost immediately after the show. And if you listen to one show, we promise you, you're going to want to listen to the others. So thank you so much. Have a very happy and a very spooky Halloween. And thank you for all the support. Thank you all. Stay safe.